Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shot Callers, a storied rivals podcast where we sit down with high school football coaches in the leagues that we cover. We've been in the Muskingum Valley League and in the Lincoln County League, but today we're in the OCC Columbus area schools and we're with Dublin Scioto High School and head coach Alex Place is joining the show. Been with the program for 13 years, but this year is his first official year as head coach. Coach Place, I really appreciate you joining the show. How are you? How's your summer? Did you get to take any trips this summer, kind of recharge for the start of football season? Um, yeah, we got my family and I, we went down to Florida at the beginning of the summer and then, uh, the rest of the summer has been pretty much dedicated to football though. So we're ready to go. We're hitting the ground running here at Saturday. So what's your off season been like then? I'm sure you've been involved in plenty of seven on seven scrimmages. Um, and then we were talking kind of before we started now you're kind of getting into normal practice now before school starts, but what's your off season been like in prep for 2023? Yeah. Um, Starting in June, uh, we have our lifting days and conditioning days. Um, one of the things that we've really gotten into here, though, is June is pretty much for the players. We have so many kids going to camps. We have different. We have plenty of multi-sport athletes that we want to make sure that they have their time in all of their sports as well. And then once we hit July, though, July's for us. So July, we did a couple seven-on-sevens. Um, we had a couple camp days, so two weeks of camp days, but that's pretty much, so we've been pretty much hitting the ground running here from July on. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, you, this is your first year as, as head coach at Scioto, and you spent 12 years under who many consider, I would say, a Dublin legend and Carl Johnson, almost 150 wins, 12 playoff appearances, longest tenured coach in the OCC um, at the time that he that he retired, 23 years. Um, do you have any kind of I, I'm sure there's a ton of stories and memories that you can probably pull probably too many to count, too many to remember. But is there anything like one or two stories that stick out on your mind, kind of some core memories that you have with Coach Johnson over the years that, that really stick out to you as, as some of your best moments with him? Yeah, um, I would just say the biggest thing that I took away from Coach Johnson is just his ability to keep his assistant coaches around. Like everyone that's coached under him knows exactly what we're talking about when you love coming and coaching here at Dublin Sciota when Coach Johnson was here. We had plenty of people that are still on staff now that every single day that we got to coach with Coach Johnson was a fantastic time. We have a ton of alumni that come back for every game. Then, I mean, you just want to come back and you want to see Coach Johnson. So it's definitely we're sad that he's gone. He's helping out our middle school right now, though. Uh, so our middle school is in great hands. We have two of our former varsity coaches now down there helping out the middle school. So they're in great hands and we're here rolling now. Is there any, did he share any kind of advice, words of wisdom with you? Like when you were hired as, as the head coach kind of taken over from him, was there any, did you guys have any kind of conversations as, as that transition kind of happened? Like anything he shared with you? Yeah. Um, we've had plenty of conversations and we actually live in the same neighborhood. So uh, I still see him all the time and we talk pretty much every week. So those conversations are continuing, but uh, we've kept many of the same traditions that we've had here. Uh, one of his big things was win today. So every time that you're out here, especially right now during these camp days, during two-a-days, all this time, 
trying to win today, getting that 1% better that every time that you're here. So that way we're continuing to grow to head towards the season. I love to like he's no longer coaching the high school program, but I love that he just can't stay away from football and he's with the middle schoolers. Like I'm sure it's probably going to be a while before he can actually finally kind of just let let the just watch from afar and just let the football rest. But I love that he's still around some of the younglings. Yeah, anybody that's talking to him right now, though, he's become a pickleball master now. Really? No way. Classes doing everything. Uh, He is full into pickleball, so. He likes the middle school schedule now that he can have the rest of the time for his pickleball. So good. Has he has he dragged you out there any to play some? Um, my mom plays all the time. He plays with my mom every now and then. But um, I get out there when I can. I got two younger kids though, so sure. Time that I can dedicate to pickleball right now isn't exactly where he's at for that. So that's funny. I love that. Um, well, let's dive into this year for your team then. So last year you were four and six uh, in the regular season. Uh, I, I kind of want to know what your team looks like this year with the guys that Jeff coming back. Like your your quarterback Bryce and Arthur graduated. Um, your leading receiver Jerham Moore graduated as well. And then on defense, uh, Deo Olubatuyai. I hope I pronounced those names correctly. Um, so I apologize if I didn't. But he had a hundred and six and a half tackles on your defense last year, and he graduated. So it gets some big pieces that are gone what uh, who do you have stepping into those roles who's your quarterback what do your skilled positions look like up front and then the middle of your defense uh for Scioto football this year yeah um we are very young so we have a very good group of seniors uh our junior class we have uh 14 juniors but then we have a pretty a really big sophomore class and our sophomores are really going to contribute this year um, but I mean, starting up front, it, everything for us starts up front with our offensive line. So we have three main returners coming back up front with Tristan Arndt at left tackle, Sean Erford as our center, and then AJ Sanders as our right tackle. And those guys handle everything up front for us. They've been doing a great job so far this year. Um, and then in our backfield, everything, we have a one, two punch right now with Nakota Denzel and Eden Williams. So Nakota is going to be a senior this year and Eden Williams is going to be a sophomore. Um, But everything's going to start with our run game. We're going to be up tempo. We're going to be going, but everything starts up front for us. Uh, Defensively, we got five returners coming back. Um, So our Will linebacker is going to shift over to that Mike linebacker spot with Jackson Waldrum. And then up front, we got kind of a, Jack of all trades with Keon O'Ryan. He's a defensive end, outside backer. We can kind of move him all around. We do quite a few things with him. And then our nose is also back, Israel Hernandez Gomez. Um, so those guys are going to be the key part to our defense. And then at corner, our, our returning corner too, Javez Thompson is back this year. So we got pieces back, um, but we are definitely filling in a lot of things that we're doing right now with some sophomores and some underclassmen that don't necessarily have the experience on Friday nights, but we're getting those up-tempo reps during practice to get them ready for week one. So I'm, I'm fascinated. Whenever I hear a coach talk about playing fast and up-tempo, I'm just, I'm fascinated by kind of just how you go about that, the schematics of it, like what you like to run, but then also like, like, during the summer, is there a lot of conditioning that you do with your guys to kind of get them to be able to play fast? Because I'm sure you're probably not subbing guys in and out 
all that often when you play super fast, if you're trying to get plays off every 15 to 20 seconds, I mean, what, what does that look like for you? Because I'm sure it's pretty challenging, especially if you've got some younger guys that are going to be asked to play some more series this year. Yep. Um, conditioning wise, all, all of our conditioning, a large majority of our conditioning is done during practice. Um, we actually had, it's been a little while ago, but we had a receiver where one, Fitbit to practice one of the times and we were actually able to get in seven miles of running during practice time. So with how much we do during practice, with how fast we're trying to go during practice, we're actually getting a ton of those reps done during that practice time. And we can get it all done with under within under two hours too. So we're trying to do it during practice. We're simulating it with the reps that we're taking during practice. And then also with our lifting techniques and things that we're doing agility wise just continues that those reps for us seven miles man that's pre- that's pretty crazy to get all that in in a two-hour practice that's that's exactly. fun uh so I, I guess kind of piggybacking on this um this up-tempo style of offense like do your quarterback do your guys on offense wear kind of wristbands like are you yelling stuff from the side sidelines is there signs that you're putting up that that communicate what the next play is like how does that communication work with your guys is, is your quarterback have some have a wristband on and as soon as he sees a sign come he, he's just yelling stuff out immediately like what is the communication from the from the sideline to the quarterback to then the rest of your guys on your offense to get a playoff in you know 15 20 seconds yeah uh, we have a few different ways that we can get plays in even faster than we normally do, but everything's hand signals for us. Um, so it starts with our hand signals for the formation. And as soon as we see that first thing, receivers, line, everyone's supposed to be flying up to the ball, getting set. And then from there, we can kind of, we can do our shifts. We can do all the other things, but everyone should be sprinting to the line, getting set, and then we're finding that play. And then once that play is done – our quarterback, Jack McKees, we're going. So that's kind of – everything's hand signals, though. He doesn't have a wristband. We don't believe in that. We can do everything with hand signals, so we're fine. No, sure, yeah. I So, like, the wristband thing is always – it's a funny thing to me, too, because I, I don't know – I'm sure you follow a lot of NFL stuff, but there was that whole thing with Russell Wilson last year and, like, not wearing a wristband, and then he was using, like, signals and words from the, the Seahawks offense and yep. – and in this dent, which I mean, that contributed to that's a whole nother we could talk about NFL stuff our whole nother day. But I just always find that communication between like, you know, coach to quarterback to the rest of your team just so interesting, especially if you want to play super fast. Um, yeah. So um, last year, um, like I mentioned at the top, you were four and six, uh, four and seven overall. You did play in the playoffs, lose a playoff game. Um, but four of your seven losses were by seven points or fewer. So decided by one possession. Um, and usually year to year, I feel like that just kind of flips. Like one year you'll win all of your close games and and another year you'll lose them all. It's just kind of random chance how that happens sometimes. But I'm certain you probably feel your team was better last year than the record reflected just with the close games that you had. But like, is there something you do um, to help your team be better at, at finishing those close games? Because a lot of times they just come down to that last possession and, and it's not something – you know, usually from the first or second quarter that decides the game, it's, it always comes down to the end. Like how do you help your team kind of finish those close ones? And, you know, maybe when you look at your record, you're instead of, you know, having four losses by seven points, maybe they're four wins 
by by seven points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. One of the things that we're doing in practice right now is we finish every practice period with a situation period. So like today we were out there, we did two minute, we were down, down by five clocks moving though. We got two timeouts and we got to try to go score. So we're down by five. We need that score. So just putting the kids in those situations during practice time definitely helps with that. Um, but it, going back to what you're saying about last year and seeming like you either are winning those games or losing those games. That's what we kind of felt like after the Grove city game, we took Grove city to overtime and ended up not coming out on top on that one though. And then we were on the bad side of a couple of close games there to follow. So trying to get to those points that we have in our off season, we have these competitions that we have winners and losers, and we're trying to always compete to get to those points that we're on the other end. We're trying to win all those matchups. Well, coach, I really appreciate your time joining us here on shot colors today. I've super fascinated by the schematic stuff. So I love talking kind of your up-tempo style stuff um, and all the other things in between. Uh, You had a ton of like all OCC type players last year, and I'm sure you'll have a bunch more this year. So I'm really excited of what you guys do and league play and uh, go get back to the playoffs and do some damage. Really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thank you very much.